If you've been listening to our podcast, you've probably caught on that we believe it's essential to optimize your nutrition during pregnancy and postpartum to support you and your baby's well-being. And although eating a healthy, well-balanced diet is crucial during these times in a woman's life, it might not be enough. Pregnancy and postpartum greatly increase the needs for certain nutrients, and to make things worse, factors such as stress, caffeine and sugar consumptions, poor sleep, and even chronic health conditions can all dramatically increase nutrient needs even more. That's why we decided to partner with Seeking Health, a high-quality supplement company that offers a variety of supplements to help you optimize your nutrition and get everything your body needs during these unique times in your life. Their supplements are made with bioavailable, pure ingredients in CGMP-certified facilities in the U.S., and they have an award-winning prenatal line. They also offer a rewards program, so make sure to sign up for an account when you make a purchase to save money on future orders. Click the link in the show notes to shop for Seeking Health Supplements today. Now on to today's episode. Hello, and welcome to Modern Moms Wellness Podcast. I'm Renata, and this is Jenna, and we are here to discuss with you all things motherhood and the journey through the process with simple and practical advice and guidance. With that being said, we have reached episode nine. It's crazy that we're already at episode nine, which is a guest episode featuring Stephanie Boucher. So Stephanie Boucher is a transformational life coach dedicated to helping women navigate major life changes and design lives that light them up from the inside out. Having experienced many intense and dramatic personal shifts of her own over the years, such as suddenly losing a parent, moving thousands of miles from home for love, becoming a mother and surviving and surviving cancer, just to name a few, she learned that while change can feel overwhelming, it also creates space for us to get really clear about who we are, what we want, and then reinvent ourselves in our own image. When she's not coaching, Stephanie can usually be found in the kitchen doing something with fresh herbs, practicing astrology, human design, or anything woo, walking in the woods, or hanging out with her husband, mom, and teen daughters. Stephanie studied life coaching under the esteemed Martha Beck and the Wayfinder Life Coach Training Program. Hello, Stephanie. Hi, it's so nice to be here with you today. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So happy to have you on. I just want to let um, all the listeners know um, her daughter actually babysits for my kids, um, and we live on the same street. And um, as soon as we met each other last year when her daughter started babysitting my kids um, and she was talking about life coaching and helping women during um, during um, postpartum and helping them find their identities and I know what you're doing now has shifted a little bit but that was kind of like what you were originally hoping yeah. to focus on. Um, and also when we were walking in the woods the other day talking about things that we wanted to touch on in the podcast we came across two snakes and um stephanie mentioned how snakes are a sign of transformation and it it just kind of all fell into place because that's uh, a lot of the themes that we were um talking about when we were discussing things to um touch on in the podcast so um, just thought it was a really awesome coincidence. <laughs> yeah, I, and I'm um, thrilled that you were open to hearing that. Not everyone is. Um, I also have a background um, in, uh, you know, shamanic practices too. So Whoa. I'm always like out in nature, kind of like looking yeah. for the looking for the signs. But um, interesting side story, Jenna. Um, after the first couple of times that my daughter babysat for you, she came home and she's like, Mom. She goes, I think you would really like her. Like, you guys are basically <laughs> the same person. <laughs> She's like, she does all the same stuff. Like, she has all the same organic snacks that you buy and all of this. <laughs> so, yeah, that was funny. <laughs> Did she tell you about all my herbs, like my little shelf with all my herbs? Yes, and yes. And she's like, Mom, it's just like you. Yeah. <laughs> I used to be a, um, a holistic and uh, like a holistic nutrition. I did a lot of a holistic nutrition blogging about like 10 to 15 years ago. Um, I don't do so much of that anymore, but uh, 
that was something actually when my kids were about the same age as your kids was when I was kind of doing a lot of that. So this is a nice, like circular, full circle, mm -hmm. full circle thing. Yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. <laughs> um, so do you mind sharing um, a bit about yourself and your personal yeah. journey and what led you to become passionate about life coaching? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I think from the very beginning, like really early in my life, and by early in my life, I'm talking like eight, nine, 10, 11 years old, you know, I've always been really fascinated by the idea of a transformation and the reality that people can and do reinvent themselves over and over again throughout a whole lifetime. And um, I think you know, many of the decisions that we make, particularly in the early part of our adult lives, are based so much on our conditioning, right? Our cultural mm -hmm. conditioning, our familial conditioning. Um, and we don't necessarily have the awareness of the tools or the life experience um, at that time, say in your teens, 20s, and even into your 30s, to sort of be um, conscious of how much all of that is impacting us and, and what we do. Um, so, you know, we, sometimes we end up in these, these positions that it's like everything looks great on the outside. It's like you've achieved a lot of the things that you thought you wanted, but then there's something missing. And a lot of that comes down to the fact that we're just kind of like we've robotically gone along and done all the things that we thought we were supposed to do. And we're being who society wants us to be or who our families want us to be. And we've lost touch with maybe a lot of that isn't who we really are in our core at all, you know, so I was this kind of like interesting little kid where I, I looked around at like, I think I was like just this like little reformer at heart. Like I would like look around at the world and just see all of these things in every facet of life that I thought to me were absolutely bonkers, you know, like I would mm -hmm. look at like the way, you know, I'd go to school and I'd look at the way like teachers and administrators, like what they were doing with children and what they were, you know, they were talking to children and treating children. And I think this is insane. Like, why are we doing this? Or, you know, the way other adults would talk to kids and, and just going into all these different institutions in life and just think this is crazy. And, and am I the only one that sees how crazy all of this, all of this stuff is like it. And I saw that. Yeah. And I saw that really early. So I've, I've really liked, like always kind of gone into life with the notion that um, there are just all these elements that of our lives that sort of just need to be like picked apart and analyzed. And we need to figure out like what serves us really and what doesn't. And, you know, is this useful or are we just doing a doing these things because it's what's always been done. And um, so relating that back to transformation and life coaching, when I found out what life coaching was, uh, which was only just a few short years ago, um, it kind of all like made sense because it's, it's all of those things. It's like the deconstruction of our um our, our thinking and our conditioning. And it's sort of like really getting in touch with yourself to figure out who you are, you know, what you want and using that to build something new and authentic as opposed to just doing what we've all been told we should be mm -hmm. doing. Um, and then in my own life, uh, I, you know, we all started to have like really eye-opening experiences in 2020 with the pandemic, right? Like everybody's lives kind of got turned upside down and I was going mm -hmm. through all of that along with everyone else. Um, and then compounding that even further, um, it was less than a well, six months to a year into the pandemic when I was diagnosed with breast cancer. And so then I had this like kind of like additional layer. Uh, it was a completely shocking like talk about being torn apart from the inside like it was this completely shocking experience if there was ever anybody on paper that you would think would never have gotten cancer it would have been me like I thought I had been doing all the right things for mm -hmm. so many years living the healthiest lifestyle no family history of cancer whatsoever yeah. did not test positive for any of the BRCA genes or anything like that so it was really just this like confusing um, piece of proof that anything can happen in life, yeah. right? And so for me, it was, it, spe it speeds everything up in a way that maybe it would take somebody many years to get to a certain point of awakening, right? Like, because you realize, 
wow, there really truly are. It sounds like such a cliche, but there truly are no guarantees in life. And so many of us are just waiting to live the lives that we really want. Like, oh, I'll wait till I get the next promotion or I'll wait until we have X amount of money or I'll wait until my kids are this age or I'll wait, I'll wait, I'll wait, I'll wait. And then there can be this moment where you realize, what am I waiting for? There's no guarantee for any person walking around that um, we're going to have an infinite amount of time. So why not do, why not live the way you want to live now? Why not figure out who I am now? So there was this time of doing all of this inner work. And then of course, when you start doing all this inner work, you want to help other people get to that point so that they can live their fullest life without having to get to a crisis point, right? So that's how it happened for me. And I'm sure every life coach has a a different story um, on why they fell into, how they fell into it and why it was of interest for them. But I, um, I feel like I can relate to that. Like when I was younger, I'd look around and being like, what is going on with this Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm like, what the heck? And you know, I, I luckily come from a family that's very encouraging Yeah, and for encouraging change. And Mm -hmm. if you want to do something, do it. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I feel like, as you said, we've had moments where you have these shifts and you don't really know it, but I definitely feel like I've had numerous of those. And they, I was living, thinking back as you were talking and I was like, I feel like they happen every five to six years. I have something like really transformational Mm -hmm. happen. And I'm like, okay, that was needed. That's great. That's even if I'm poor, I was poor for a second. I was, I had to move across the country for a second, mm-hmm. you know, excuse me, all these things. And then, but it's led me to here and I feel, you know, I'm like, I feel pretty good. So I did, you know, you think back and you're like, I did something right, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And then now it's about accepting more change and accepting, you know, transformation is still going to happen too, even in when you're in such a good place too, it's always going to come. Everything is temporary. Exactly. All of of it. Like the good stuff is temporary. The bad stuff is temporary. The neutral Mm -hmm. stuff is temporary. It's just the, you know, life is a constant state of flux and Mm -hmm. our, um, our beliefs, our thinking, our behavior, all of it is just in a constant state of evolution. So I think the trick is maybe just not holding on too tight um, and just sort of like allowing yourself to flow with what, where life is going to take you and um, learning to be okay with that. Um, yeah, that's and that's yeah. the hardest part. It's so hard. It sounds easy when you say it, but it's so hard. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's what that's what my um, illness did for me, because right. here I was thinking that I could outsmart uh, because I had done it, for some reason, it had been kind of like cancer. It's rampant and, and chronic it like or what, what's the word i epidemic in our culture right Mm -hmm. now. And it's increased, the incidence is increasing and it's a scary thought, you know? So I had this notion that if I, you know, avoided all the right chemicals, ate all the right things, you know, made my house, my home environment be like chemical free. If I could do all the things and control enough parts of my environment that I could control, I could prevent all the bad things from happening. And that, was not the case for me. And so in a way, I feel like that was just, it was sort of my personal lesson that yes, it's smart to do the things you can, you know, control what you can control to an extent. Um, Exercise the choices that you do have, but then at the end of the day, you have to let go because we never really do Mm -hmm. have control (laughs) over anything. So. Yeah, Yeah. that's so true. And yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, natural solutions to things like living a natural lifestyle can only take you so far. And the mindset piece is so important. And yeah, being present. And I feel like I've definitely, I feel like even more so um, in the beginning of motherhood, it was a lot of waiting, you know, like, I'll be happy like when like this happens and this happens. And um, a lot of it had to do with um, not working in the beginning, you know, like Mm -hmm. I'm I'm a Capricorn. (laughs) Oh, you're built to work. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So like, I love working. And so 
like in the beginning when I wasn't working and I was home all the time and just this like huge transition into a completely different lifestyle a lot of it was like just trying like once I'm working and making money and like feeling like I'm contributing and so it took me a while to realize like that I needed to just be more present and in the moment and um, yeah like you said like sometimes it takes that catastrophic catastrophic event to um, push someone into awakening and realizing these things and I in my family there's been just an a large number of deaths and in mm -hmm. very short periods of time um, like when I first became a mom um, when I was pregnant I lost a cousin to suicide oh. and then oh within gosh. like four years we lost four other family members oh and like oh, went wow. to addiction and um, so it was just like just a lot at once and I feel mm -hmm. like it's it was just like constant reminder like you don't know how long you have um, yeah. yourself. You don't know how long anyone else has. So to just be more present and, um, you know, even if it's just, you know, taking a second to breathe and connect with your body that way and just going in nature and touching a tree, <laughs> just mm -hmm. finding ways to, um, to get back into the moment. And um, it, it's, it's become easier now that I've, um, been doing it for a while and just taking the time that I need to walk away, reset, come back, and um, just that reminder of gratitude and mm -hmm. um, things just like um, emotions are, um, it's the things come and go in waves and mm -hmm. it, yeah. it's not going to stay forever and we're, we're going to get through things and yeah. Yeah. And I think that for me, and, and sounds like you have um, noticed this too, the letting go of having to have all the control is actually the thing that makes you feel most in control of yourself. It's this weird paradox mm -hmm. where like before when I felt like I was trying to control, if I did all the right things, I'd have all the right outcomes and I could control it all. That was crazy making. You know, like yeah. I was constantly worrying and when you're in a state of fear and then you're in a state of worrying, it you don't feel like you're put together. Um, mm -hmm. And it, so it was sort of in the process of learning to let go um, that I actually felt more pulled together than I did when I was trying to control everything. So interesting I life should try that yeah if you try it you're in for a wild yeah. ride because it is it is it is harder than it sounds but it's worth it yeah worth it. the one thing I definitely do is I go crazy about my cleaning products my mm -hmm. hygiene products my glass Tupperware you know what I mean like yeah. I went I went crazy for a while and then I started working this very intense job and I just was like I you don't have time don't have time and yeah. I don't care right now. And, mm -hmm. you know, I still eat well and I'm still, but I'm like, that can be put aside for now. You know, I did the best I can yes. there. I'm just going to breathe. So, <laughs> And for the record, I still do so many of those things, right? Mm -hmm. Like I, it's not that I've just thrown caution to the wind and let all right. this go. I am still really interested in nutrition. I still, you know, try to eat organically as much as yeah. possible. I still try to avoid glyphosate. I still try to, you know, not bring toxic things into the home mm -hmm. or put them on my body. I, I, it's not that I don't do any of that it's just I do it with more of a lightness exactly. uh, of heart rather than a heaviness of heart you know it's like I do it mm -hmm. I practice it and then I let it go um it's like well whatever's gonna happen is gonna happen rather than yeah. constantly pressuring myself or like you said berating yourself when you don't behave perfectly every day all the time because there's no time or no mental space some days right mm -hmm. <laughs> so some days you're in a hurry and you just need to throw something in a plastic container and that's yeah. the way it's gonna yeah. go you know yeah no, it's fine yeah yeah it's yeah fine. yeah and a lot of moms need to hear that because yeah like you get that serious mom guilt of like feeling like you need to be doing everything perfectly all the time and you know it i think a lot of, there's a lot of fear around doing the right things for your kids too and yes. i think mm -hmm. it it 
it is a matter of just accepting that like you know there is no such thing as perfection and you're you're doing the best you can with what you mm -hmm. have and you know if you if you're able to do things that are supporting your health 100% of the time um then that's amazing <laughs> but if you can't yeah. then that's I mean that's that's also amazing because you're you're conscious about it and you're you're yeah. trying to do what you can do and um that's that's what really matters yeah and mm -hmm. just being uh forgiving and gentle with yourself because uh one of the things we forget to think about is that in, like uh, institutionally speaking, like the cards are kind of stacked against us here. Like it's a mm -hmm. constant uphill battle to eat well in our culture, to surround ourselves with healthy uh, home goods or bodily care product, like it, breathing healthy air, all of it, right? Like mm -hmm. uh, water, like the cards are constantly stacked against us. So um, it's... And yet we we're constantly blaming ourselves when we're not doing everything perfectly, but no human being could under mm -hmm. this set of circumstances, exactly. you know? Mm -hmm. So just being uh, gentle with yourself about that. That's very true. Yeah. 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 So for those who don't know, do you mind giving a brief description of what life coaching is? Yeah, absolutely. Because a lot of people are very confused about what mm -hmm. it is. Um, I get this question all the time. Like, well, what do you do? I'm a life coach. Oh, what, what, what is that? And it's a new, it's a newer field in the grand scheme of things. So a lot of people haven't really heard of it or they've heard of it, but they, they don't quite um, understand it. So I, I like to say that I'm here to help people connect with their innate knowledge of um, the life that is best suited for them and only them, regardless of whether or not that life has been part of their cultural and familial conditioning. We mm -hmm. talked about that a little bit at the beginning. Um, and then try to find ways to support them in creating and building that life. Um, people are kind of confused sometimes about what is the difference between like a therapist and a life coach. Mm. Cause like when I describe some of the things I'm doing, they think, well, that does, that sounds a little bit like therapy to me. And there is some overlap. We do use a lot of the same tools. Um, but I would say that life coaching and um, other life, this is not original necessarily coming from me. This is something that lots of life coaches will say. Life therapy and life coaching is similar to like uh, the difference between a doctor and a fitness instructor, right? Or mm -hmm. so like if you were, if you had a physical illness and there was something um, specifically you know, wrong with you or you were unwell in some way, you would go to a doctor and that doctor would heal you. But if you were a basically healthy person who just wanted to optimize their body, right, and, and it's functioning, then you might go see a fitness instructor or a nutrition coach or, right, like you're basically well, but you're trying to enhance what you've got. Mm -hmm. And um, that's sort of, I think, the best comparison is that if therapists can help you deal with specific mental health issues, if you're dealing with anxiety, if you're dealing with depression or um, any other any number of other things that are causing you a sense of unwellness, the therapist is the right person to see for that. If you feel like you're uh, basically healthy emotionally and mentally, but you want to optimize your life, um, then a life coach can help with that and, and kind of give you tactical uh, tools and uh, support in ways that a therapist may not, if that yeah, makes sense stuck in a rut, you know, like yes, people yes. are like, I don't know where to go from here and how to, yes. I like the word optimize because I really feel like that, that does explain your, you're enhancing their life. You're enhancing. Which, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Optimizing, mm -hmm. enhancing, bringing more to the table, like that type of stuff. I love that. Yeah. 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 We're helping you be your it. fullest self mm -hmm. <laughs> or discovering what your fullest or self discover. is. Exactly. Yeah. Kind of yeah. like a cheerleader too. Yeah. Helping yes. to, um, support someone through doing something. Right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Like Got when, 
in my field, because I'm a holistic practitioner, you know, you have to make sure you tell people I don't treat, prescribe, cure, diagnose, mm -hmm. but I can suggest and make all the suggestions that you, you know, can handle yeah. and you take that information and do what you need to do with it. And if you feel you need to see a doctor, I always promote, go see a doctor, you know, get yes. your blood levels tested, get your vitamin levels tested. I can't do that. So there's mm -hmm. the fine line between like, I'm not a doctor, but I can help you in the way that doctors might not see it or something. So exactly, so, yeah. exactly. Um, I think you're, you're absolutely right, right about that. And life coaches, you know, one of the things we are trained in is when to recognize, like when to say, when to recommend that therapy might be a better exactly. option for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I always tell it to my clients too. I'm like, I might not be the best person for you to be That's seeing right. right now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. you might need someone just a little more, I don't know, advanced than me. I don't know, something, whatever. Sure. But, but yeah, so that's great. I love that description of optimizing. And, um, and this could be used, you know, potentially to help moms and how they can Absolutely. benefit from life coaching as they transition into motherhood, but also later on in life as motherhood, oh, yeah. motherhood progresses into, mm -hmm. you know, childhood, teenagers, and then as you were telling me, empty nesters before. Yes. So how can your life coaching help mom mamas? Yeah. Oh, in so many ways. And, you know, we were just talking about life being in a constant state of change, right? Mm -hmm. So um, you're going to be evolving as a parent over and over and over again. And I, I think for um, the crowd that that you two serve, uh, which is primarily um, new mothers, uh, I, I think that that is an incredibly important time to make sure that you're getting all the support you can possibly muster, you know, and it's as someone who's mm -hmm. been through some pretty stressful events throughout my life, I would say that making the transition from being not a parent to being a parent is about as stressful as it gets. There are a few mm -hmm. life changes that are as drastic or long lasting or cause as much upheaval as um, to your existing way of life. You know, in other words, it's just a complete and total metamorphosis. Um, so there's definitely stress and a life coach can support moms as they adjust like physically, emotionally. Um, I kind of imagine that in ancient times, there were people sort of like built into the village uh, that were doing this. And it just came yeah. very naturally. There were lots of female relatives. There were medicine yeah. women, holy women, midwives, um, assisting the women, not just with birth and postpartum care, but um, for a long while afterwards. I, I once read about like a, an ancient culture. I don't remember exactly where or when, but I think it was in the British Isles where the um, women, the postpartum women would just stay in bed for like a couple of months I think it was like mm -hmm. nine weeks or something after birth. And all they were expected to do was sleep and then feed their baby when it was brought to them. And like other people would like strap the baby to them and just go about their day and work. And then when the baby cried, they'd like take it to the mom. And the mother really just didn't have to do anything except for recover and feed and bond with her baby. And my gosh, that's so different than... <laughs> than the setup that we have now. Um, you know, now we just pay very little, very little mind, very little heed to what women go through postpartum and in that first year or two of their child's life. Um, and she's just kind of thrown to the wolves. It's like sink or swim, you know? Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> yeah. And so, and then you're just sort of expected to be in this constant state of gratitude about your, you know, good fortune in life to have had this beautiful thing happen to you. And it is, it's so beautiful, but it's also complete upheaval. And um, so I, I think that just having someone to support you 
talk about uh, the emotions that you're going through um, and maybe help you identify any like limiting beliefs that you have that uh, you didn't know were going to crop up and maybe you're don't, not even aware of them yet. Like it's amazing what pops up when we get sort of mm-hmm. like thrown into these um, these really kind of like conventional roles like parenting, right? Like we get things stuck in our head that we don't know are running us. Like, uh, I can't be fun and a mother. I can't be sexy and a mother. Uh, If I put my child in daycare, she'll be traumatized forever. Or uh, if I go, if I don't go back to work, I will be betraying my feminist ideology or whatever the case may be. I mean, there's so many possibilities, right? But people sort of get stuck in these very limiting beliefs and they can go years um, through with that operating system and not realize, you know, that it's not serving them. So mm-hmm. I think having a life coach early on as you're making this very important transition can sort of save you a lot of time and a lot of stress, like identifying what's holding you back early so that you can march forward in the healthiest, or I should say not the healthiest, but the most fulfilling way possible. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I used to joke to Matt and um, my husband and he, I would say, I wish I wasn't so ambitious. Yeah. (laughs) I could just like stay home and be happy (laughs) to, you know, just be in that role of being a mom because that's, I mean, it's so, it consumes all your energy. So I'm like, I I wish I could just do that and be, you know, just like a traditional (laughs) like Just like have that feel so good and um but it it definitely it's hard it's hard to balance these ideas that you have of things that you should be doing and back to the idea of releasing control and just trying to go more with with the flow and yeah it's yeah it's hard to make that transition I just relate to that being ambitious and like having a million ideas all the time but being like, I need to sit down for a second. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, yeah. yeah, I don't have any kids yet, but when I have kids, I'm really going to attempt to be just the stay at home for a little bit. I, I hope for that. And then after some time, get back into things. Because I, like Jenna, I'm just so, my brain is constantly rolling with like ideas of mm-hmm. how to change the world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm like, wait. So, yeah, so I, I, I hear you. I, I, it's cool that it still happens, though, with you, even with, you know, like you're, you still want to help. You still want to heal. You still want to. So I love that, though. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Go back to um, like having that village, though. Like, yeah, the, exactly. Like, can, can we just go back to that? Like, why did things have to evolve? <laughs> exactly. We have? Like moms just really got pushed to the side and just kind of like all right, it's, you know, you guys can deal with it. Like (laughs) the rest of us are fine. We'll just, you know, you moms can stay home and figure it out on your own. It's like, we really got screwed over. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. For sure we did. And um, everyone laughs at me because I always talk about, um, my. I always tell all of my friends and family that like my dream in life is to like, invent something that's like similar to like adult dorms i'm like well remember like back in college when you lived in a dorm and you were surrounded by people and you were never lonely and there was always someone for everything and and then we go into like our little like you know suburban american nuclear family like bubbles or whatever and we're really isolated and like life never gets back to being as fun or supportive as it was then and i'm like what if we just lived in like dorms all the time but like better better than a dorm like yeah. an actual yeah. like isn't that assisted living like isn't that what we're all gonna go do when we're like you know 80 and i'm like no no but like not when we're sick like when we're yeah. like you know so um yeah i'm i'm all about trying to recreate the village like a commune but yeah. yes but, <laughs> but, like, yeah. but with maybe a little more like um i i, I kind of think it's possible to fuse um the more communal lifestyle mm-hmm. with um also like some degree of privacy and yeah um 
private property or whatever. Like, I don't think it has to be an either or. I think you can kind of blend mm -hmm. the two and come up with something new and in between. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I've like thought about that so much since mm -hmm. becoming a parent too. And Matt and I have talked about um, in college, Renata and I went to college together and we just, we had such a good group of friends. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, like it, we lived together in a, um, in a three decker for a while, like a whole bunch of us and mm -hmm. um, yeah, that was fun. in townhouses right near each other. And it was like, I just, we really started to miss that once we mm -hmm. left college. And it's like, I've always said like, you know, I feel like my heart is in the Berkshires, but I think a lot of it is just like my community was in the Berkshires. Yeah. yeah. Like we just haven't been able to get back to that. And you really do realize it more when you have kids, just how lonely it feels like, cause you're generally not able to go out as much. And mm -hmm. as you get older, obviously right. we move. Um, further away from each other and yeah it's yeah can we just all go back to living <laughs> like yeah on a seriously. campus and yeah yeah because and then making plans with all the long distance friends and like yeah. trying to get them all near each other back to that and we're all living our own lives and yeah I do I reminisce about college all the time <laughs> me too <laughs> yeah there is something different about and you and it's know? been over two decades since <laughs> i've left and i still think about it like every day all the know? time <laughs> yeah yeah and i think there's a reason for that because mm -hmm. it really is better and more fulfilling to live in a community of people there's just mm -hmm. no question in my mind that that makes people happier than being completely independent yeah or like isolating yourself. isolated isolated yeah yeah I tend to isolate sometimes and then like I need people like you know I need to go see my friends and then I'm like yes how do I do this everybody has plans <laughs> yeah yeah and and yeah. this is something for me to be saying this because I'm a complete introvert you know so I mean even mm -hmm. for an introvert to recognize that like yeah I do need my alone time every day I need a certain mm -hmm. amount of it every day but I also know that I thrive when I'm surrounded by people uh, some of the time too so and, and yeah. just having that support and having that community so um mm -hmm. Yeah, I can I think... definitely relate to that. I'm a super introvert. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I mean, it gets to the point where you're like, all right, yeah, I need to go out. And right, I need something. Yeah. yeah. It's it, it helps you, like, as an introvert, I feel like um, you recharge a lot when you're alone, but when there's too much alone time, you need the, um, the socialization aspect mm -hmm. to, like, also recharge a little bit and I think it keeps you lighter for it keeps me lighter you know because I think when mm -hmm. you're introverted and also really reflective and introspective then like it's like too much deep thinking can sort of spin yeah. you off into stressful places <laughs> so yeah. having other people around to sort of keep you light yeah is this something you encourage mothers to find, like community? Absolutely. Or, yeah. Absolutely. And, like, partnerships and stuff. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. um, I, I found a community of uh, moms with similar age children uh, when my kids were like babies and toddlers, and I kind of stumbled into it. Um, I don't know what I would have done without that sense of community. Um, mm -hmm even during times when we weren't necessarily able to like help with the tactical practical things which sometimes we were but just even having the support knowing there were people out there who were struggling with the same things you were struggling with like knowing that you could um, go meet someone at the park that day who also didn't sleep at all the night before mm. and know what that felt like and um, also being completely exhausted or lonely or whatever, you know, or having, you know, disagreements with their partner about who was going to take their baby to the doctor or whatever, right? Just having right. people to go through that with. Um, I absolutely encourage people mm -hmm. to find that wherever they can, for sure. Yeah, that could be a great tool to 
getting yeah. um, women out there and and just being able to d- discuss, like you said, similarities mm-hmm. or with their partnership, with their kids, with what they're going through mentally. Um, I and what what other tools do you add in to helping moms mm-hmm. throughout their trans transitioning? Yeah, so um, just kind of hearkening back to what we talked about in terms of it being kind of a chaotic, exhausting mm-hmm. time, you know, when you're making that tr- um, transition is I, I think what so many new mothers are really vulnerable to is a couple of things. And one is losing touch with themselves, um, forgetting to care from themselves, uh, or even acknowledging what it is they want or need. I mean, I, I, I'm sure we can all relate to, you know, if you've, if you've had a baby, you can relate to like, oh, I, did I brush my teeth today? You know, or did I, I know I fed my baby. Did I eat enough today? Like, what did I eat? You know, that type of thing. And you're, you're so exhausted and you can go into this sort of zombie like state where you're not even recognizing the cues your body is giving you because you're so tired, first of all, and then you're completely wrapped up in the care of this other human. Right. So, losing touch with yourself, forgetting how to make decisions for yourself, big or small, um, that are based on what you need and want and what fills you up as a person. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing that people are really vulnerable to. And then I think, um, you know, getting mired down in all of the difficult thoughts about the things that are happening around you, you know, um, I, there's stress. So there's a, uh, a man named Stephen Hayes who developed something called ACT or acceptance or commitment therapy that talked about, you know, there are the stressful things that happen to us. And then there are our thoughts about the stressful things that happen to us. And he calls it clean pain versus dirty pain and clean pain sort of being, I'm stressed out by the actual thing. Like I, um, trying to think of an example, like I'm stressed out because my, my partner is traveling for a month and I miss them. Right. Like that's kind of like a a clean pain. There's a specific thing that you're stressed about, but then there are the thoughts that you might be having about that situation. Like I'm stressed out because my partner is away for a month for work and I'm worried that, you know, they're going to forget about me, or I'm worried that they're going to meet someone else, or I'm worried that, you know, we'll lose our bond or all, you know, and so that is what he would call dirty pain, which is, it's not specifically about what you're experiencing. It's about your thoughts about your current circumstances. Right. So, um, so we actually have, I have tools that I can use to sort of like help people get through their, their identify where their clean pain is and where their dirty pain is. And then kind of identifying, you know, the thoughts that you're having that aren't serving you and then how you can shift those thoughts. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I could, could we demonstrate this? Would that be yeah. something yeah. that you would want to do? So I don't know, give me a thought that like a new mother would be having maybe something you've been through Jenna or any, any mother, some sort of stressful thought. Maybe it's that. Um... I think what you were saying before about walking through like a zombie. Or... Yeah. Okay. So how like, about like, mm-hmm. I'm never going to feel energy. Like I'm never going to mm-hmm. be able to feel energetic the way I ever did again. Like I'm just, I'm never going to have any energy anymore because I never sleep. Right. And so try saying that to yourself kind of like in your head or out loud, like three times. And I'm thinking, Okay. I'm never going to have energy. I'm never going to have enough energy ever again. I'm never going to have enough energy ever again. I'm never going to have enough energy ever again. When you say it like that, like I'm super stressed out, even just saying that to myself right now, it's like, it's like hurting my (laughs) chest. And I have teenagers who would sleep all day if I let them, you know? So like, but like that, just saying that thought, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so stressful. And so also like, my shoulders kind of just like yeah yeah so like energy kind of just like went out (laughs) exactly so think about what that 
feels like in your body. Okay. Like just sort of like I take a moment and identify like where in your body you felt that and what that, what, how that resonates for you. But then you can pull it back and say, I'm having the thought that I'll never have enough energy again and see if that feels, do you feel any differences in the way that you feel that with the way that shows up in Mm -hmm. your body? Okay. So then you can take it a step further. And I always say like, repeat it out loud, like three or four times, because that's kind of what it takes your brain to sort of like let things sink in. And you can say, I see that I'm having the thought that I'll never have enough energy again. I see that I'm having the thought that I'll never have enough energy again. Or I notice I'm having the thought that I'll never have enough energy again. And I don't know, how does that feel for you? Um, Does that feel different? I feel feel like, yeah, I was gonna say, I felt like I was breathing during that one rather than the first So it's a really good, it's a really good way to neutralize um, a stressful thought, right? Because Mm -hmm. it's sort of like we walk around in our daily life, sort of like thinking that our thoughts are us. Well, first of all, we think that all of our thoughts are true. (laughs) That's, that's the first mistake that I think most humans make living every day is that we assume that all of our thoughts are true um, or they wouldn't be our thoughts. And then next, we just sort of, um, I forgot where I was going with that, but they become our our reality. We think that our thoughts are true and we think that they're actually us, you know, that that thought is us. And this is a way to sort of like just pivot yourself to see that we aren't our thoughts, right? It creates Mm -hmm. that separation. It's like, there is me, there's like the whole of who I really am. And then there are the thoughts that I'm having. Um, And they can be two distinct things. So it sort of just creates a space and a neutrality. um, Yeah. To sort of like minimize the stress. So Mm -hmm. I think I kind of went in a whole like tangent there, but um, in terms of like, the types of ways that we can help new moms is like, that's just one example of a tool that, you know, I can use with a new mom to sort of alleviate uh, stress and help with transition and, um, you know, pivot the thinking to make everyday things less stressful. Um, Mm -hmm. So, so that's one thing. So we want to, we want to uh, sort of like make sure that we're, observing and staying in control of our thoughts so that they're not controlling us. And then the other thing, and going back to what I said in the beginning is about, uh, you know, losing touch with yourself, losing touch with your body, not paying attention to its cues, not knowing what you need or want anymore, and making sure we find ways to stay grounded in your body um, so that that doesn't happen. And uh, there's a tool that called the body compass that Martha Beck uses. Um, and I, I learned it from my training there, uh, where we, we have specific ways of like tuning into certain feelings that your body has, like determining, it's almost like a thermometer. You can sort of develop an inner thermometer for like what you want, what you don't, what feels good, what feels negative, what feels like the next best step where you need to pause um, and question something. And through sort of like taking them through this tool and helping them develop that inner thermometer or that inner compass, um, you can use it throughout your whole day. You know, you can use it Mm -hmm. to decide like when you need to sleep, what chore you need to let go, which one you absolutely have to do, you know, um, what your kids need even, which can be super helpful. Like, does my kid need me to lay down in bed with them to fall asleep tonight? Or are they not, you know, like it, it, you Mm -hmm. can use it for just about everything. It's one of the most useful tools I've, I've come across. Um, And if anyone wants to know, it's kind of a lengthy process to, to talk about here, but if anyone wanted to explore that, I'd certainly be willing to work with someone on that or, or they can go um, seek out any of Martha's, Martha's books Mm because she talks about it a lot. And they're super great. 
Yeah, I would be intrigued to learn more about that myself. Yeah, it's fabulous. I love it. Yeah, Yeah, I'm always into learning like new ways to relax my mind. Mm -hmm. I use this term all the time, but reframe my brain. Um, Mm -hmm. And then like pretty much stay conscious and stuff because, you know, it's hard, like we were saying before. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'm interested. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. (laughs) Well, I'm happy to walk you through it offline. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Something I was thinking about when you were talking about, um, you know, shifting the way that you're thinking about something that's, um, negative. I think that I've, I've come across like a lot of, um, like, I think people are calling it like toxic positivity. Mm. Oh, yeah. think that there's, you know, if they're saying like, I'm just, I don't have enough energy. I'm never going to have enough energy. And then they, they hear like, oh, like I'll use an affirmation. And it's like, I have so much energy and, you know, kind of, it feels like you're lying to yourself. Yeah. Like you don't like it. That's not really how you feel. Mm -hmm. Um, So it, when you say these affirmations, they, um, they might not feel true to you. And, um, so something that I, I heard recently was, um, you know, when you're something else you can do is if you're feeling like you're having low energy, um, and instead of using like an affirmation too, um, or instead of using an affirmation, using something like what this is, I mean, this is a little more like people might consider it like woo, (laughs) but like what vibrational energy do I need to become to feel Mm -hmm. like I have more energy? Um, that's just like another, Mm -hmm. something that I thought about when you were talking about that too, is like, um, I, I like the idea of like reframing it the way that you did and having that like curiosity about these Mm -hmm. feelings, but then, um, another step after that could be, you know, what do I need to do to, Mm -hmm. um, to feel like I have more energy, um, instead of like jumping on into that, like toxic positivity that we see all over the place. Right. Yeah. Because people want to feel authentic and to just start go saying things to yourself that you absolutely (laughs) don't feel Mm -hmm. doesn't really feel great. You know, um, it's sort of, you feel like you're lying. (laughs) And, you know, there is something to be said, I guess, sometimes about, you know, fake it till you make it. Um, That's not always in every circumstance a bad way to go. But yeah, you want to feel authentic. Um, And I think that that starts with acknowledging what you do feel and then like you said getting curious about it and um kind of examining it from a neutral place Mm -hmm. um and then building off from there to figure out how you know it's like okay now i reckon i'm curious about this thought that i'm having and now i can like observe it and see what's happening so now right away you've neutralized the threat because it's not controlling you anymore because you're just observing and once that happens then you can you know use other tools and to shift thinking and take different actions and modify behaviors and things to to start building towards that more fulfilling outcome yeah yeah, that's, for sure. That's why I liked how you said, I notice that I'm yeah, not just I immediately jumping to the, I'm great, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, you notice that you're having this thought and yep. then you can start to adapt on how you're going to change that thought. So Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. I feel like that train of thought has been um, a real game changer for me having anxiety I, I feel like I can just easily spiral oh yeah just everything like it's like um I, I kids do this too I notice um at least kids with anxiety <laughs> um I I have they, I have one know, of like, those I know yeah. <laughs> I know like, I've, I've, I've always been a kid with anxiety so. yeah <laughs> It's like one thing is off, one thing's going wrong, and then they start pulling all these other uh-huh. things that like feel uh-huh. wrong to them, and like um, just also like the victim mentality. That's something I've been thinking a lot about recently. Is like, in what ways do am I still holding on to victim mentality, mm. and how mm. do I, how do I like stop feeling like things, you know, um, just like, the external influence right. and things are out of my control and releasing that feeling um because i feel like that's that's also part of it too is Mm -hmm, um, just mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Feeling like the victim. Yeah. Like the woe is me all the time. Like, why is this always happening to me? Why, why, you know? Yeah. I've, I've been there where I've been like, this is devastating all the time. My life is devastating. When I think, I think most of us can relate. Right. Yeah. To some level. Yeah. Woe is me. Yeah. 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 I can, I can definitely relate. Um, yeah. Um, I, uh, remember being a kid with anxiety and um I look back and I'm like wow I wish that I had like oh I wish it wasn't so taboo back then and we had ways to um kind of relax because I feel like I've brought that into my adulthood and like as Jenna said you know kids used to just kind of like start grabbing random things and talking about crazy stuff for kid in kid verbiage and then an adult verbiage, it's like existential crises. And you're like, mm-hmm. the world is falling apart because you know too much now. And like, I've just carried that. So I think like I I have started, I've gotten a lot better because I used to definitely be the victim. And I've started to do that. I notice my anxiety is coming in. I notice my heart is fluttering. I notice my brain is starting to go somewhere else. So it's been a really hard thing to change. But yeah, it's I love the I notice term mm-hmm. instead of yeah, I really do like that a lot. So I was gonna say real quick, um, like being a woman, like also, we have cycles, we have monthly cycles. Yes. So it's like, the more you can track your cycle, the more you can start to realize like, okay, two days before my period comes, I am crying. I feel yep. like the world is falling apart. And um, yeah, so once you start to realize that it, it kind of lines up, you're like, oh yeah, interesting. Like now I, I understand why. And, you know, I'll just notice those thoughts and, mm-hmm. <laughs> and just not hold on to them and let them, let that spiral. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and honoring honoring that part of your cycle, I think mm. too, is beautiful because um I, I don't necessarily think that those things that come up are I, I, I think a lot of people like to blow them off and say, Oh, I was premenstrual or oh I get that way at that time of month right. always. But then like also there's like a part of you that wants to look at that and that's when it comes up because like hormonally it's like facilitated at that time, but it does give you important information about what's going on for Mm -hmm. you. So just sort of honoring that and recognizing it for what it is, but also exploring, you know, why those things are coming up. It's a balance, right? And like stuffing down, it's like, yeah, these things needed to come up and I needed to think about it. Yes. But also realizing it may feel more intense because of where you are in your cycle Mm -hmm. and bringing some levity. Yeah. It's always nine days. Nine days for me is when I always um, I start to do that whole like, oh, I'm getting like antsy. And then I look at my flow, like the app, and I'm like, oh, I'm nine days away. Every single month, it's always at nine days away. Mm-hmm. So interesting. I've learned, yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah, and I've learned to kind of like hone it in on the nine that day, like because I'll always look and I'm like, okay, we're not in now. You know, to look, you know, in yourself and see and relax and just kind of like calm down during that day. So, yeah, it's it's yeah. I, I that's what. Oh, and I will say, everybody, if you want to help with your cycling, just go on flow or an app and just start like looking at how your cycle is. Cause that's one of the reasons, one of the ways I've learned to cycle or tra- track my cycle is through an app. So there's also one called 28 too. That is really great. Um, that can help with your um, tracking of your cycle. So yeah, just adding that in. Yeah. I love tracking my cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, I use an app called Ovia and it's okay. for fertility for, um, getting pregnant but I I don't know I started using it a while ago and I just I like it so I continue to use it um but yeah it's it's nice like you you get to look on and see where you are and there's usually like a highlighted week of um ovulation like peak fertility and so you can kind of um get an idea of why you're feeling the way that you're feeling sometimes (laughs) yeah love that 
I wish those apps would have been available I know. 10, 20 years ago. Cause I, I, I love, I love data and um, I, I would have been, so, I mean, I could, you know, still use it somewhat now, but I'm, I'm also kind of moving into a different phase where like my cycle is, you know, I'm 45. So everything's, yeah. and, and I've been through cancer treatment. So everything's sort of shifting and changing in my body. Mm -hmm. And um, I would have loved to have an app. I did everything really old school though. I would do the, uh, the temperature taking, like I went through a whole phase where I wanted to figure out what my cycle looked like. So yeah. I would take my temperature every morning and it was a whole it was a very old school way to do it, but but the information was the apps, still there. Yeah, you can track your temperature in most mm -hmm. of these apps now. Too. Yeah, um, I yeah. Have the basal body thermometer, but yeah, there's like charts, the fertility awareness method. Did you print out charts and fill out? I had your temperature just like spreadsheets. <laughs> I had Excel spreadsheets with my oh, temperatures that, on so them. Funny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I didn't do that for a tremendously long period of time, but yeah, for there was a short period of my life where I was looking at all of that. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. I love that. yeah. So, um, is there anything else we can go into a little bit more? We can just ask if you have any exciting projects. Um, is there anything that you want to talk about that are like developments in your um, coaching career? anything like that? Yeah. So, well, I, I guess that I want to be able to, um, it's not quite ready yet, but I, I'm, um, I have a new website that is under construction yeah. right now. So I want to be able to direct people to that because even though you can't, you'll go nowhere. If you put it in right now, it will be up soon. Uh, it's stephanieboucher.com. Um, and I'm sure if in show notes or something, you'll have yeah. correct spelling available. Yeah. Um, and I, I am, I have, I do have some tools that I'm working on that I'm going to be sharing on the website. There will be some free and um, probably some not free, but not mm -hmm. unobtainable either. I don't want to talk too much about them now, but um, I would, any, anyone who's interested in this kind of work, I would uh, just encourage you to visit my website. I think it will be up uh, certainly probably before the end of the, the year with okay. some with some fun tools, so. Yeah, we can add that on the show notes when you get it all said and done and we'll yeah. navigate people over there. Um, Are you seeing clients one-on-one? -on -one? Absolutely, yes. And and I um, I love I love bringing in someone new to talk to. So like it's it's just so much fun. I, I love the one on one work. I and I do I do anticipate um, actually doing uh, group um, mm -hmm. work and and courses and everything within the next year also. But um, I I really like the one on one stuff because it just feels so personal, mm -hmm. and um, I I really love that dynamic of being really just able to like delve into what's going on for someone and what's true for someone and then really like extracting all the good stuff that's yeah. there. So, yeah. Do you ever work with um, partners um, together or is it just primarily? I, yeah, no, I haven't worked with partners yet, but that okay. would be interesting. I'm not mm -hmm. opposed. I'm not opposed to it. Um, but yeah. I think there might need to be some element of some individual work, maybe some individual work and then some together work is how yeah. I would imagine that could be most useful. Yeah. But yeah. And then encouraging yeah. the partners to kind of transition into yeah. the and together. Gosh. And, mm -hmm. and gosh, if anyone who has a partner who wants to go through that work with them, that is such a gift. I know. I love that. Uh, yeah. Because it's often one person that wants to sort of, you know, um, do all this inner work and the other person's just sort of either dragged along or, mm -hmm. you know, that that happens a lot. Uh, so for two people to sort of like want to go through that journey together is beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I feel like with all the, the new age dads coming in, yeah. I feel like there's going to be a lot more. Yeah. More and like to do it. thank goodness for that. I know. I've been seeing a lot of reels on fathers and how like they're like, this is the new life for fathers. It's the new generation. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. it's not called watching your kids anymore. It's about. Yeah, I know that's kids. always the most infuriating thing, yeah. right? Like they're, and they're like, no, these are your children. Yeah. 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 I've heard 
like people some people talking like oh it's like not masculine for men to be like taking on these, these roles and it's like it's so sexy it's like, so masculine. yeah yeah so, like i don't know that's just that's you, strange you can, do it on your own. you can have that opinion but it's it's i think it's sexy <laughs> yeah wanna. a dad it's, being a dad yeah. it's amazing like it's amazing just how things I mean there's a lot of work to still be done but the, mm -hmm. the amount of things that have changed culturally in just such a short period of time I mean I look at my husband who's just been so involved with his kids like mm -hmm. you know just love spending time with them like really into all their stuff you know and all and it's it's beautiful to watch but then he had a dad who didn't do anything with him mm. growing up, you know? So it's just in that period of time, just like yeah. one generation, yeah. there's just this massive shift. So yeah. I love it's, that yeah. And well, yeah. in one more generation, it will be even Our better. So, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. I can't actually, I mean, I love their generation. Yeah. They're, they're so aware. It's it's so beautiful. I like my kids are just like, just so aware. And I like notice that their friends are so aware and like, just so loving. And it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Absolutely. Well, is there anything else that you want to add to our episode with you? Um, any other things on yourself or we can finish it up? Yeah, just, um, you know, like I said, if anyone wants to explore um, life coaching or even just consult with me to find out more about what life coaching is and mm -hmm. how it can help them with particular experiences they may be having, if they're unsure, like a lot of people are on the fence, like, can this help me? Because some of what you said resonates, but I kind of, this is what I'm experiencing. Do you, can you work with that? Um, I'm happy to consult um, and consultation are completely free of charge. I'm happy to consult with awesome. anybody to answer any questions they may have and um, to see if, the, you know, it's something like this is a good fit for them um, and if we're a good fit personality-wise with each other too. Yeah. So um, I, I would be more than happy to talk to anybody about that. And uh, yeah, just you do excited virtual? to help. Yes, it's all virtual. Perfect. I mean, I could do oh, I could do in, in person, person. Uh, if someone was local and they wanted to do that. Um, but yeah, typically, typically it's virtual. virtual. All right, cool. Yeah. Well, um, Jenna, do you have anything else to add in? No, I think we we covered a lot. Yeah. Like every episode, I feel like we could probably go on for, for a way. Hour, like, <laughs> I know. Yeah. I know. We definitely could. All right. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks yeah, for coming so on. Welcome. This was a great well, thank, episode. thank you for having me. It was so much fun chatting with you. Yeah. So thank you for listening to episode nine with Stephanie Boucher. If you're just listening to our series for the first time, we provide new episodes biweekly at the beginning of those weeks. If you haven't yet hit that follow button on Spotify and Apple podcasts to support. Also, if you have any questions, feel free to message us on Instagram at modernmomswellness underscore podcast. We appreciate the love and until next time. <laughs>